Evening, everyone. Let's do this. Good evening, everyone. Hello, Jen. Hey, Noam. How you doing? All right. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm not that all right, but we're not gonna <laughs> we're not gonna discuss the the causes for that. I'm, uh, Noam yeah. has physical and mental ailments going on right now. Physical, and, <laughs> physical and mental ailments. Exactly. <laughs> I got a sprain on the brain. He's uh, also got many physical sprains. He's very taped up right now. I'm, it's like I, it's just like absurd, right? I'm sitting here with like a thing on my ankle. I got a I got a wrist brace. I got him taped up like a <laughs> like an NBA player at halftime. I'm over here like just take one of Yoko's tennis balls and just use that on the arch of your foot. I mean, You'll that's be right. I've been using all sorts of her little squishy toys for my uh, my physical therapy. <laughs> anyway, it's Wednesday night. We're all crossed out. Uh, here to talk just random stuff, I guess, because we had we we actually like did a a pop culture thing, you know, on uh, on uh, Monday, technically. Yeah, Tec- not 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 Sunday. Oh, your phone is definitely uh, like I hear it on a delay. Where is that coming from? It is muted. Where is that noise coming from then? Can anybody hear that? Hold on, let me try doing. About that? One, two. How about that? Yep. Better? Yeah. Okay. I was hearing a little echo of my voice coming from somewhere. <laughs> I think it was from your phone because Colin was open on it. You're like, mute your phone. I'm like, my phone is muted. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing the show. Yes. Um, actually, interestingly enough, because, you know, we're going to talk about some of this new AI stuff. I just saw Mid Journey 5 is also now launching in addition to Chat GP4. GPT four, yeah. It's not Chat GPT. It's GPT four. Yeah, it's a GPT four. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, it's it's another. It, it's a it's a uh, Midjourney is one of the big uh, art AIs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so yeah, it's an it's another version that'll do even more uh, styles of Donald Trump <laughs> juggling a chainsaws while riding a, a unicycle or whatever you in Fortnite, into it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> or whatever something like that donald trump at the night's wall on game of thrones <laughs> yeah. actually i want to put that in there now <laughs> now that i thought about that i want to put that in there donald trump on the wall game of thrones yeah. i want to see what it gives me back <laughs> write me a poem about this in iambic pentameter <laughs> so the so, okay so, so gbt4 uh uh, I was saying this on Twitter. I guess it's it's uh, it's worth uh, bringing to this. All right. Uh, I feel like this is the thing. I feel because you know you're always thinking about like what's the next big thing that's going to happen. Because like the previous big thing that happened, I guess, is phones, right? Right? Can we agree? Yeah, like was... smartphones. Yeah. And well, like... I mean cell phones and then smartphones. Yeah. And those are like the thing is, you know, people say like a revolution, but nothing happens overnight. I think somebody described this AI thing as like a 10-year revolution that happened overnight, which is a, a, a great way to put it. Like there's been lots of – this isn't like 
they woke up and all of a sudden the thing worked like in a movie, right? It's right. like the culmination of lots of years of like. Uh, it's not like like the first iPhone is not like the iPhone 13. Yeah, I remember in college having one of those Nokia's that was like a a, 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 a proto <laughs> smartphone that still played everything in like weird proprietary file formats and all kinds of. I had before the iPhone existed. There was a Motorola phone that worked with iTunes, and I had that one. I had the iPhone before the iPhone. There you go. Here, where's, where's... this is this is how ridiculous I am about tech. Well, yeah, I mean, like like I said, there were here because like my Nokia. Nokia some... This was the Nokia that I had. I think it's. Oh, it so says you had the, the little slidey one. Yeah, fifty three hundred. I think it was called. Like I can't even remember what one it was. The Motorola I had. I can see it in my mind perfectly. Like it was small, it was white, it had great keys, and it was the first phone that integrated with iTunes, and it was the shit. <laughs> and uh, and then and in in you know like relatively quickly, we got to where we are now with like these incredibly powerful. You know, I saw. Well, in- we well again we say quick. I mean, it's been. I mean, the the first iPhone. I think it just had its ten year anniversary, which. Is 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 quick in the general scheme of things. Yeah, here but... I'll, I'll exp- here here's how I'll, ex- I'll explain it. Uh, um, William Gibson, the science fiction author, once said, uh, "The future is already here. It's just not evenly distributed." Right. Mm-hmm. And here's how I feel about it. In 2011, I believe this was 2011, 2012. I, I watched an anime called Robotics Notes. It's based on a visual novel, and it takes place in the future. Right. In some year, I think it's it's a dumb year. It's like 2023 or something like that. <laughs> Next year. Yeah. Like it is this, <laughs> no, this year. Yeah. It I'm is. Sorry. I don't even know what year it is anymore. Yeah, but but it's a world where there's like robots and all that shit or whatever. But their phones in that world are essentially the phones of now. Large, you know, like larger. They all have kind of holsters. They carry them. Like, but the thing that I saw, if you can look at there's an episode of Robotics Notes where the guy holds his phone like up to the protagonist mm-hmm. girl and it superimposes like cat ears and like a maid outfit onto her. They had Snapchat. They had filtered like real time filters like that. Holy and I, shit. They had Snapchat. And I remember thinking like, oh yeah, some, someday that'll, that'll probably be possible. And now it's like the most mundane shit ever, right? Just and put that, like cat ears on you. And that probably dated me by saying it's Snapchat because now it's TikTok. It's TikTok. Now it's Instagram, TikTok. yeah. But those things that like will slap some kind of, it's like the lawyer yeah. who was like, I'm not a cat. I'm not a cat. I just, I, the, the filter <laughs> stuck i don't know how to turn it off but I, i'm i'm a real person i'm not a cat so good <laughs> and so now the 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 question is how fast are these tools going to become integrated into the stuff that we already have now like how quickly before gpt can become like a siri type assistant i mean i as far as being as integrated as siri and to do that, you would have to have this be part of like an ecosystem the way like iOS is or for like Android, like our Google voice assistant doesn't have a name, but also like for Amazon, you have Alexa. And so it, it's part of like a, a larger ecosystem, but GPT-4 launched uh, what, three days ago at this point? 
and people are already doing like crazy things with it. Like there's there's a whole thread. Hold on, let me pull up like who did it. Mm-hmm. There, but there's a, like a whole thread. Hold on, you you make noises. I will find the thread. Yeah, uh, <laughs> various applications. It can code. It can write. You can like uh, prompt it textually to write go. code. Uh, for anything in any language, it can design. There's a, one of the examples in Jen's thread. Uh, we can pop yeah. it what, here. Um, here. Are you? Mm. No, put it in. Take the link and put it in the call and chat. Okay. Hold on. Yeah, it's Linus Eccleston. Hold on. Let me go ahead and grab this and throw it in the chat. But yeah, it's like a whole thread that he's done of just things that people have done so far with ChatGPT. I mean, in just the first few days, and I'm talking like people, like somebody remade Pong in like 30 minutes and using not, GPT-4. And not by saying to it, create Pong, by, by describing the game to it and having it build it. Um, also, someone drew on a piece of paper mm-hmm. the layout for a website. I want a box here and under it, two boxes there. And it took it and turned it into a, a website design. Um, a, another th- application that I uh, heard of from someone who received like a, a like an actual demonstration of it, stuff like because I don't know if you know, but like um, doctors now, like triage ER doctors, stuff like that, often spend more time d- doing data entry than actually seeing patients. This is a real stat, by mm-hmm. the way. They gotta sit down and type it all into a thing. And this is a really good example of something that could actually shave a ton of valuable time off of these people's schedules and like keep them free to deal with the patients. Because uh, apparently GPT-4 has really, really good voice recognition. And even like the guy who runs, you know, do not pay. It's like a whole like thing about like, you know, suing people and stuff. But anyway, he developed kind of like a, bot-ish sort of thing for people who want to report robocalls because like if you're on the do not call list you're not supposed to get robocalls and if you get robocalls you're supposed to be able to sue the people that give you robocalls so he built a thing where like okay if you get a robocall you can plug this in here it'll transcribe the call and then build the actual like form for the lawsuit and then you can file it and it's like that's it, it's crazy kind of the things that you can do even from like not even just like you know things like making pong or like recreating video games or whatever but like actual real world applications like stuff like that like you can like literally like if you wanted to sue somebody who robo called you you could literally do this with like two clicks now yeah and uh another back to the the medical application mm-hmm. for example if you have a large file medical file mm-hmm. uh it, it it's becoming very good at uh like for example let's say you're a neurologist okay mm-hmm. and somebody comes to you who's seen 17 other doctors and they have a uh like a file yeah. that's this thick i'm doing a, a chonky yeah chonky it's i'm doing chonky. i'm doing all lordy coming i'm doing the thick thing with my fingers <laughs> um you see him with the filing you're like a lord <laughs> yeah it can it can filter out the data that's relevant to a neurologist specifically out of this like mountain of data. The thing that I'm interested in, cause I, the thing that I would love to, to have an assistant that's able to do is for example, 
You could say to it because because like take baseball reference, for example, that's just an example of something where you all the raw data is out there. You can see every score of every game, every box score. You can see the progress. It's all online. There's like a website baseball reference to to say to an AI assistant like that. Hey, how many games in 2014 had more than 12 runs? but we're in a blowout or something like that Mm -hmm. and have it quickly crunch that data for you cross-reference data for example that's the kind of stuff that would really make an assistant like that super good like i was trying i was driving to new york from dc one time and i was trying to figure out in the car using siri whether or not the jets or the giants were playing at home because if they were then i was going to run into traffic and I could not prompt it to do that. All it could do was tell me that they were playing that day against the Dolphins, or but not mm-hmm. where, right? It didn't know what I meant. <laughs> but also, like, kind of a funny dark side of the AI story that came out, and and this kind of flew under a lot of people's ra- radars because, like, it's Gray Zone. Which, if you don't know mm. Gray Zone, it's a <laughs> it's a site. Um, <laughs> basically yeah it's like one of those you know it's it's you know anti-war but it's actually just anti-us whatever nefarious kind of like financing and everything but anyway so somebody wrote an article about the navali documentary which won an oscar and that's why it prompted this piece and she used a chat bot to do her research and it returned results that were not like just like fake but like fake fake like it returned like she was asking questions about like okay like about Navalny's you know Novichok incident and stuff like that and so it returned a link like an actual link to a guardian well what was supposed to be a guardian piece from 2014 which obviously is incorrect because Navali was poisoned in 2020, mm-hmm. so clearly there could not be a piece in 2014 about this. But it returned this, and she put it in the piece, and so many people, like, there, there's been several threads, like, kind of going through this piece and looking at it and being like, okay, everything that she's linked to, like, we found it. We found how she found it, but it's all, like, fake. So I, I'm I'm very curious about that because, like, the whole the, the whole thing and the whole kind of, like, downing of gpt is that okay it's basically just a super 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 fancy search engine it's not it it doesn't have its own like thoughts and free will and stuff like that it's just like it pulls things off the internet that it finds and i'm like okay so how the fuck did it just find things not necessarily gpt4 but how did AI just find things that don't even exist? Right. I can't find this tweet. It's it's clearly not in this thread. It's in a different thread right. about the the things that you just described, that it, it will spit back extremely confidently worded things that are just totally made up. Right. And if you don't know, then like, of course, you're like, if you're like an idiot writing for the fucking gray zone because you want to write a piece like shitting on the Navalny documentary that won an Oscar, you're not going to ask questions. You're going to be like, oh, okay. And I'm going to link to all these things, not even knowing like if this is even like legitimate. Right. And in the, in the GPT-4 trailer, 
uh, that they put out a trailer announcement video. <laughs> exactly we right. make it sound like it's like a TV show. Yeah, <laughs> coming soon. GPT four in the world where AI on, controls you. On HBO. Yeah, they said something. <laughs> it's like, like cordyceps, know. but <laughs> AI. One of the one of the benefits that they wrote was that it, it they're making it safer or something mm -hmm. like that. And now people are very wary of this word, but think about it like this: like Jen said. You know, like what if – because you can say to it, like write an article about why Navalny wasn't poisoned or whatever, and it will confidently write that, you know, in the same way that like in a law school debate, mm -hmm. if those even still happen. I don't think so. You, I don't think those are allowed anymore. Yeah, exactly. Like you're assigned. You just yell, we're allowed. <laughs> you're, you just yell. You just, just yell just until yell. they go away. Don't let the speaker die. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, like you're assigned a position you might not agree with and you still have to argue it. Like that's right. the, the point. That, that – the, back in ye old olden days, for you youngin people, um, this is how debate class used to work. Yeah, pretty much. And I don't know, I don't know what's going on, you know, because of this whole Stanford Which is, law school. Yeah, it's a whole nother conversation. But yeah. Mm -hmm. but yeah, I mean, to your point, like there, there's already been situations, <laughs> and it's already becoming like a thing in, on the college level. And I'm sure soon on the high school level of teachers, professors having to learn how to suss out if an essay was written by a chat bot versus the actual student. And I mean, that's that is the downside to this sort of tech. And I mean, it, it also kind of reminds me of like people who bitch about Wikipedia and online sources God, like 10 years ago. But I mean, at least then you had to like go look for things. And now it's like, okay, I just put it in GPT and they'll just make me an essay. But it's never, it's like they're easy to spot if you know what you're looking for. But it, it's, it's also a thing where like, I, like every, every technology can be abused and every technology will be abused. So judging the merits of a technology based on people who abuse it, I don't feel like is a very good metric of judging a technology writ large because there are applications for GPT and chatbots that, especially GPT-4, because it seems like it's a much like a, a massive, massive step up from three and 3.5. So you have the possibility to do things that can be extremely beneficial. And it it, it kind of cracked me up. I saw a story the other day, like now it's kind of becoming more acceptable to use like GPT and chatbots as far as like doing physical slash mental health sort of assessments and things like that. And there was not even not even six months ago, there was a study conducted along these same lines. And the reason people had a problem with it is because it's, I mean, it, it was a double blind study. So the, the people participating were not notified whether they were speaking to like a real person or a chat bot. But the idea was to determine whether or not a chat bot for mental health issues could produce the same results as a human being, like actual, like, chat therapy 
And so, like, like I said, there was a lot of ethical issues about people. People were like, kind of like, ah, I don't know about that. And so, but just in this very small span of time, we've gone from like people kind of side eyeing that to that being like a legitimate, like, area of inquiry where like, okay, so like, if you were on, I don't know, whatever telehealth app you have, whatever telehealth site you have, and like you're having a mental health issue. And so like you, you're starting to chat, you're chatting, whatever. If that chat bot could produce results for you that would make you feel better in the same way that chatting with a real life person would. And, and that, that is kind of getting into uncanny valley shit. I'm not going to lie. Like not knowing if you're talking to a real person or a chat bot, especially in situations like that. Like, yeah, that's, that's, that's a little iffy, but now it's becoming a thing where people are like actually wanting to investigate that. Yeah. And I do think that if you want to talk about the ethics of AI, I do think that like rule number one with this stuff should always be that you should always know the thing you're right. dealing with isn't real. Now, now you know, they already kind of do this on a very sly level. You know, when you call this someplace and they have a, like a, like a, you know, like a robo call assistant and they're like, uh, please uh, tell me your social security number and you tell it. And then you go, and she goes like, okay. And you're like, yeah, like like, like the phone typing going on. Clickety-clacking on a Com keyboard. Comcast. Comcast does that shit. So it's like, come on. Who are you fooling? Like you're not, you're not a real person. You're not typing on the keyboard. Yeah, it's Stop like in it. a video game where you get like in an elevator and the elevator's like going and going. You're like, is this a load screen? Am I watching a load screen? <laughs> yes. So that's exactly what it is. Clickety-clack, clickety-clack. Let me just look that up quickly for you, right? That stuff. And so, like, you're already dealing with that. Also, now they have those, like, those chat windows. You know, hi, I'm the assist, the automated assistant or whatever. But, yeah, I think it's important. And another right. thing. Like, like when you're talking to, like, in, like, the little chat box when you're on, like, AT&T.com. Mm -hmm. Like, you know you're talking to a chat box. Yes. But if you're on, like, a mental health site and you start a, a chat window, like, I think they're there does need to be some disclosure, but then again, there's also kind of the uncomfortable dynamic of like, does it really make a difference? And if it doesn't, what does that really say about us? Well, I think but the main, yeah, yeah. The, yeah I, I understand why people are squicked out by this. Absolutely. Yeah. There's the, the issue with, with, uh, with therapy, for example, the main issue, because someone will say, well, what, a human therapist is infallible and fucked up and whatever. <coughs> but that's exactly right. the point. I think the point is has to do with uh, also like accountability, right? If the therapist – like a therapist is bound by ethics but also like by, you know, like uh, they're, they have like a they're – tr they're professionally trained. And so if something gets fucked up, like somebody's accountable to it. Who do you – who – what, do you go to Microsoft? <laughs> Some kind it, of – It's also like, especially when you're talking about doing like like talk therapy, chat therapy, it, it, it gets squicky because the idea is that even, even if you go to in-person chat therapy, like normally – and this is obviously according to your own comfort level – 
as to whether or not you're actually like looking at your therapist when you're talking to them. But you know you're talking to an actual person that exists in an actual room. Like you're two people that like literally exist. Mm -hmm. And so I understand where people get squicked out by this, but I'm also of a mind where I'm like, if it's a situation where somebody just, needs somebody slash something to talk to and it's kind of humanistic in a way like i know this this gets into some very very gray areas well you're saying it, it gives an option to people who have no other option right right like if you if you've got like if you really like genuinely need to talk to somebody and it's like it's if like a chat bot can give some remote, even not even remote, but like a very close resemblance to speaking to a human being, mm -hmm. I understand how that is helpful in that particular moment, in that particular situation. But then I can also pull it back and say writ large how that is a problem. Yeah. And the other thing that we're talking about, the idea of like abuse, right? People uh cheating on papers and stuff like that mm -hmm. and this existed also with like the you know the advent of the internet the thing that people don't remember is that a a as these tools become more sophisticated you know like to fraud right. they also become more sophisticated in spotting it exactly because it, before with the previous generation there was a tool that pretty easily could tell i don't know how but it could pretty easily tell if something was a, if a text was AI generated or not. That's an interesting, you know, it's like a, an arms race, right? Between the capabilities and the ability to recognize who's doing it. Right. And that's why I don't, on that level, I don't worry about AI because I've, I, I mean, I was born in 1981. I've been through this enough times to know that like every time there's an innovation that everybody's like, oh God. Oh God, everybody's going to be able to cheat on everything. Like, like the other half progresses to be able to recognize it. And then, like you said, it becomes an arms race and the next thing comes along and then the next thing, and the next thing, and the next thing. And so it always prevails that like, okay, maybe you can get away with doing a chat GPT, like actual, like long form college essay, maybe for the next, I don't know, six months. But indefinitely, no, of course not. That no, that's not how this has ever worked. Yeah, yeah, we're 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 gonna adjust, and if it ultimately amounts to something like you know, no more papers, instead you're just gonna have to come to class and like, I'm gonna have to test to see that you know the thing that you're talking right. about. You might have to like actually demonstrate your knowledge in something other than a paper, but you know, actually like demonstrating you can do a thing yeah yeah like some kind of uh like uh, like in law school you have to go defend your yeah you, you oh my god you might be graded on like your actual you know mock cases yeah yeah and so i think uh i think uh i've said before the and and as you know as for the fear of like literal ai right and terminator 2 and stuff there is an argument out there and i think i i hope it's true that, you know, if, if a, let's assume for a second that sentience, human type sentience is something that we can't 
create in a computer. Okay, let's just say for a second because we don't know what it is exactly sentience, right? We don't know what the the totality of yeah. it is. Uh, I think ideally we would have an AI that's that feels sentient, but actually is, but isn't in any measurable way a thing that wants that is aware of its own existence, has wants and needs, and doesn't want to be shut off. Like, that's what I mean? I think we're close to that. We're, we're, get, we're getting close to it. And and part of it is the reason uh, is that humans are kind of easy to fool. Like, every uh, like digital audio and digital video, a lot of the technology that goes into it is technology that's meant to uh, make it uh, like uh, – as clear as possible, like a video or audio with as little data as possible. And that involves like tricking your brain the way you, vi you visually process stuff, the way you, uh, your ears process things. There's a lot of like trickery and mm -hmm. magic that goes into it. And I think some of that is coming into play here as well. The idea of like what you, you're, you're, you're fooling people into thinking something is a person, uh, but that's all you're doing. Right. You're not actually creating a person. Right. And, and the conversation has come up that like, especially like given the gray zone article and everything like that is like, okay, what does this do for the propagation of mis slash disinformation in media and social media? And my biggest hope, I mean, and, and this is me being completely utopianistic i'm not gonna lie hmm. is that okay if it becomes a situation where everybody is aware that ai can create a, a video an article a picture or whatever that at, that will finally be the point where everybody starts looking at things with an actual genuinely critical eye to see if something is real or fake. And when I say an actual genuinely critical eye, I don't mean this like tribalistic shit where we have now where people like look at something like, Oh, it's fake. Oh, it's fake. Not, not, not because you like have any indication that it's fake, but just because you want it to be fake because this fits into like whatever narrative you want to pose, but that it actually brings about a level of social media and media awareness and consumption awareness where you you start to learn to look at things and really critically be like okay is this real or is this fake and like i said it's it's completely utopianish of me but that's my hope yeah and uh and uh the, i mean that's a that's a good point like the the idea that um Sorry, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> but yeah, but, but but like I was saying, like, okay, like, and, and this feeds into, like, a lot of things that I think about a lot, especially about social media and this, like, things on TikTok, things on Instagram, things on Twitter, and how so much of it is, like, fake. And I'm using air quotes here. And when I say fake, it's, like, it's not, like, AI generated, not, like, not like that, but like where everything about it has been altered and airbrushed and filtered to a certain degree where it, it's, I mean, there's not to me a lot of daylight between somebody like airbrushing and Photoshopping the shit out of an Instagram photo and somebody using the bold glamour 
filter on TikTok. Like to me, there's not a lot of daylight no. in between those two things. No, they're sort of the same. They're kind of the same thing. Yeah. And and they're both fake. <laughs> That's the point. Is they're both fake. And uh, I said uh, for years that I think a, a, an important tool that might emerge mm -hmm. is uh, some kind of tool that lets companies understand the the authenticity of an outrage cycle, right? Is does this represent something that could actually hurt our business and stuff like that? And actually with like more powerful AI tools like that, you that's, could actually get some kind of That's very interesting. Yeah, some kind of analysis that'll say to you like Right. Out of like if you fed it into like an AI and they'd be like, out of one hundred and thirty million Twitter accounts, um 267 of them are talking about this thing. Yeah, or something like that. Or yeah, or here, yes, here are, there's a lot of, there's a few like hugely viral negative tweets about us, but they're being driven by similar, the same kind of segment of accounts. There's a lot of other, uh, a lot of other uh, uh, tweets and stuff that is, that's positive, like to kind of give you, and yeah, that in that same way, like AI, identifier that's, that's tools yeah, yeah that's, there you go that's a that's an interesting I, I haven't thought about that actually that's i've been i've been yearning for that thing for like 10 years because i was like because that's what always the response to every outrage cycle because i the, the 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 one that stands out it's definitely not the first one but uh jack cafferty i believe on cnn once called the chinese government thugs and by once i mean 2007 or something like that i mean first off objectively true and there were <laughs> no, no lies. There were protests outside of CNN calling to uh, to fire him, and uh, they didn't. CNN was like, "Nope," and the the outrage went away. And I remember at the time, a lot of people were like, "See, see, you just gotta ignore it for a few days," and like people calm down. And that was before outrage cycles became what they are now. This is like in the oh in the God. good old days, yeah, when uh, people. Back in the good old days, when yeah, we all had perspective. Yeah, see, it was it was in 2008. Thank you, JD. China demands an apology from Cafferty. He called them goons and thugs, and said that their <laughs> and said that their products were junk. Where's the lie? But also, like, where's <laughs> where's more people on CNN saying fun shit like that? <laughs> Where did that go? Like, what, what were y'all protesting? Like, point to me where the lie took place. Well, I think it was. I think at the time it was actually like, you know, people who are like loyal to the Chinese government, they sent to kind of pick it uh, outside CNN. Yeah, that was what it was. But it was. but again, that that's also a thing that we have on social media. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. And there it was like 50 people outside of CNN's headquarters, something like that. And you're right here. All of a sudden you have 100,000 retweets. Are they organic are they foreign are they trolls mm -hmm. and so and so here we go and so maybe now some people will be able to have the kind of tools to at least get an idea of like eh. do an analysis if, if, if this is something that's like okay like maybe this is genuine or if this is just like pfft. Yeah. Everybody's being stupid on the internet. Risk assessment AI. You wake up in the morning and you're like, uh, so there's Risk assessment. We don't do that anymore. Has just, ha <laughs> has just seen landed yet. You land, you like, you open your phone. You're like, uh, how's the outrage cycle going? Assistant. Right. <laughs> but I mean, I, I wouldn't mind if we got to that point because like outrage cycles are stupid and dumb and it, this kind of leads into our next oh, topic perfect oddly enough perfect. but like it's it's like 
everybody overreacts in the moment. And I don't understand how in 2023 people still buy into this bullshit. Like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we were going to talk about Lachlan Markey's apology. Uh, so Ooh. Lachlan Markey, um, I don't, he's, he's, we're not friends. Are y'all friends? Yes. I mean, friends. I know him. Sure. You've met him. Sure, sure, sure. We've had beers together. Always, always like, you know, full disclosure here. Yeah. Oh, no. Not, very nice guy. Like, we make fun of him that he's Antifa or whatever. He used to be more kind of right wing. He was at Free Beacon, and now he's at, I can't remember where. Uh, I think he's Daily Beast. Okay. Yeah. Some some place that's more sort of more uh, liberal and like the joke is that people call him and that he's antifa they say <laughs> right lachlan and antifa anyway um i believe his tweet was in response to an article in national review about the best songs of this century i've got it pulled up i will i will quote it for y'all okay because this is the most basic shit of life all right but hold on so and the, i will yeah. go harder <laughs> right and so the, the 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 point was that i believe that it was uh, dan uh a baseball, uh, whatever, uh, what's he called? No, baseball uh, crank. Baseball crank. Dan McLaughlin. Thank you. Said that Seven Nation Army was either like one of the best or like the had the best yeah. riff, almost something like that. So, okay. and, and in response to this whole thing, Lachlan said the following. Okay, so the original tweet that Lachlan was replying to was from National Review, which is Seven Nation Army has a strong case to be considered the best song of the century thus far. From Dan McLaughlin. Okay. Lachlan replied in, I co-sign, the tragedy of the White Stripes is how great they would have been if they, with a half-decent decent drummer. Yeah, yeah, I've heard all the, it's the carefully kind of crafted sound, man, takes. I'm sorry, Meg White, it was terrible, and no band is better for having shitty percussion. Okay. First off, objectively true i'm sorry no i will go on record right now white stripes are the most insanely overrated band i i'm sorry no i can't with that song anymore i you got they got one fucking song you got one fucking no song. i like i like a ton of their other songs i cannot handle seven nation army anymore because once that's a, the only song that anybody knows from fucking white stripes once a song becomes like a soccer chant you're like okay it's overplayed now right and it's it, i mean it's a fine song but it's not any i'm, now, I'm sorry white stripes is something right home now about. jack white is clearly the main creative force behind that band because he's in other bands he did, did he's in the rack and tours mm, he's doing ever. solo shit he did a fucking james bond theme like he's the guy right right I got no problem with Meg White. I think the grimy, sloppy kind of style was just like the thing that did. It was a thing at that time. Yeah. And it was like their style. It was... where a duo. I knew another duo in Israel, like a, a guitar and drummer duo. And the guitar player like double wired his guitar to like a bass amp and a regular amp. And they had that kind of also this kind of dirty loose just bang and bang and if that's your jam then hey go for it i'm just saying it was very of the time white stripes was very of the time i'm they're not timeless i'm sorry now now it's very important to mention this that meg white is worth many many millions of dollars has been on the cover of magazines i think she won grammys she definitely won like mtv awards all kinds of shit like that she really does not need 
an army of stands because a some dude army of stands. <laughs> because some dude who correctly is, pointed out whatever correctly or incorrectly and also like it's like the idea that you can't say that a uh a, like that a drummer is not a good drummer and for people to be like you're a sex and he his apology thread oh. he needed like what is it like a six tweet apology oh I got it here because <laughs> it sounds like it was written by ChatGPT. I mean, it really was. Okay. So off of that very innocuous tweet. He about- deleted it. He made his account private. There was a whole thing, right? Because it trended. That's how I found out about it. I saw Meg right. White was trending and I was like, what, is she dead? I don't know. I feel like I need some kind of like music. Like some kind of background music, for oh. the, like some kind of maudlin All done. background music All done. Yeah, before yeah. I read this sure. tweet thread. Okay, sure. Because it's fucking ridiculous. And it's clear that this is not of his origin. Let's put it that way. Like this is. Go ahead. No. No. <laughs> Okay, whatever. Plus, this is music can get me. <laughs> By now, you've probably seen my ill-advised and since deleted tweet I sent out yesterday about the White Stripes and Meg White. It was an over-the-top take on TWS and White as a drummer, and was, let's face it, just truly awful in every way. Petty, obnoxious, just plain wrong. A lot of people now have weighed in, both on my nasty and totally unjustified tone, and on the merits, pointing out it's simply untrue. Guess what? They're right. It was a terrible, mean thing to say. And also just, you know, wrong. And I deeply regret saying it. And not just because of the completely justified backlash, but because I actually don't really believe it. I love TWS, percussion included. I don't know if Meg White herself saw that tweet. I hope not, because I I imagine it wouldn't feel great to see a stranger dumping on you like that. So to Meg White, I am sorry. Really. And to who I think are disproportionately subject... Or, hold on, wait a minute, I skipped the line. Really. And to women in the music business, generally, who I think are disproportionately subject to this sort of shit. I am sorry to have fed that as well. I'm really going to try to be more thoughtful in the future, both on here and off. I've been thinking to myself, as all this, again, completely justified. Hate comes in over the last 24 hours. Why did I actually write that? It's not what I really think. And I like to think that I'm not the asshole. It made me out to be, or at least I try not to be. I think the answer, in part, is that sort of vicious sniping that sometimes we, us online folks, tend to reward with eyes and clicks. And I think I got caught up in that implicit incentive structure with a needlessly inflammatory, downright mean, an importantly false take. Shut the fuck up. The shut the fuck up was me. <laughs> I. Uh, boy. Uh, Come on, Jen. Let's go. Here miss, it goes. It's kicking in. Fuck it. Miss me. I will never. Ne- uh, 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 fight me. 
fight me on the internet. The white stripes are overrated. Overrated. I Meg White is not a great drummer. I I swear to God, if you ever catch my ass giving a long ass fucking soliloquy, apologizing for some take that I made, no, y'all need to flame me. Now, flame me. Yes, yeah, I will deserve it. <laughs> now, as someone who. <laughs> As someone, oh, we read the original tweet before. We just did uh, LMNOP. It was just him saying that that, uh, that Meg White's not a good that, drummer. That Meg White sucks. That's basically it. That she's a terrible drummer. She's not a good drummer. Yes, and uh, he said it was part of their thing. Yeah, sure. Now, again, I as someone who likes Lachlan, I, I'm the thing that I'm more upset about is the world in which this is necessary. Hold up. Right? I have to go back and count one. Meg White has more than six. Six? That was six tweets. Six tweets that I just read to y'all. Joe Mobes, I like that you picked a bunch of like the best drummers ever. (laughs) Mike Portnoy, Danny Carey, Neil Peart, Peart. It's Peart, right? Not Peart. Peart. Um, That is. uh... I wrote all the lyrics too. (laughs) But. but uh, and the best, the best lyrics, the best lyrics ever were written by Neil Peart. <laughs> the red, white, and blue stripes. It's my new band. <laughs> he wrote the best lyrics ever. Not, ha- not Getty Lee. Not Getty Lee. <laughs> Sorry. Um. So, the world in which he, the world in which that's necessary. Is a fucked I, up world. I will never. I uh, no. I'm sorry. And this is this is something I have thought about in relation to myself and in relation to us and this pod and everything that we create. Like I no. I'm. I understand. I understand that if we were different people and we positioned ourselves differently, we could be much more popular. But fuck you if you think I am ever going to go into a situation where I need to launch into a six-tweet soliloquy over an opinion that is objectively true. No, I will never. And even if it wasn't objectively true, like I said, we're talking about a multi-millionaire, multi-award winning who fucking cares if he thinks she's bad? Like, the, you know what I mean? What is he, the president of music, that it's important that he thinks she's bad? And also the idea that it's sexist to say she's a bad drummer is just so fucking ridiculous. No, right? I mean, and that's fucking, that's what pisses me off about this. Like, it's like a whole fucking soliloquy explaining, like, why you think your opinion was wrong. Like, no, no, no. Your opinion wasn't wrong to begin with because it's your opinion. Like, if you don't like white stripes, I don't like white stripes. It's not something that you gotta fucking apologize for. It's been a meme for, like, 50 years that Ringo Starr's not a good drummer. That's also not true, actually. But, like, when I was a kid, I remember, like, the meme about Ringo Starr being a shit drummer. Like, that's not... It's not because she's a woman, for fuck's sake. Go listen to, like, Sheila E. or whatever, some other. There's plenty of women drummers who fucking slay, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the drummer for Bandmaid or for I don't know who. Um, but uh, – and I also don't know if that apology was prompted by, like – if Where he, he worked or something, someone in his it, environment. It feels extremely prompted, and that's why I kind of like link these two things together because it feels like a chat GPT apology. I, <laughs> like it says all of the words. It's just like – because again, 
it's totally possible. It's happened to me for sure where you do regret something that you said, right? I recently, I apologized to someone after fighting with them, someone who's a friend of mine. We got into a fight about the Ukraine air raid siren thing. Mm -hmm. And I said some shit about him and he said some shit about me and I, we felt bad and we apologized. But did you bust back like a six tweets? Right. And <laughs> I didn't. And the fact that he was like, I love Meg White's drumming. I, all, I, 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 all I meant it. I'm like, sorry to I, all women in music. I don't basically know saying like, okay, my original tweet, I was totally lying. I love Meg White's drumming. Like, no, no, no. You said what you said. And it's cool. Like, it's fine what you said. Bleep, bloop. I love Meg White. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, what the fuck is this? And, you know, I always say that, like. The and who who went to war for Meg White? Like, I, I kind of missed this controversy because I was like. Well, a lot of people were like, like oh, he's right wing. And a lot of people were like, he's sexist, right? Or whatever. And then, I, I, like, I don't know how this shit starts sometimes. I see, like, and this is one of those things where, like, I missed the whole thing because, like, I was taking not, like, time away from Twitter, like, whatever. Like, that doesn't, like, that's a sun spooshy. I literally <laughs> was just like, you know what? I'm taking a couple of hours to go just, like, bliss out and go do some other shit. And this shit popped off. Yeah, yeah. There's always a thing, right? You miss a thing. I didn't know Hassan's fans were going to wish me death because I... I I told some like random joke about him and he responded dryly like he really didn't give a shit and his fans were like fuck you you murdered children in the Israeli military yeah, and I like, was like really <laughs> like I just I saw your tweet about this where you were talking about like Meg White can't play the glockenspiel I'm like the, the what's the phone like I don't even know what's going on and I don't care because I'm trying to like be in a different headspace yeah. right now <laughs> yeah it's just uh it's just and i but again if i ever up like need to apologize to someone over there, again if he thinks if meg white got offended and he felt bad and he wanted to apologize to meg white apologies made to nobody in particular are just fucking like who are you it's like the people who are angry feel like they are owed an apology right mm -hmm. that's the thing that i don't get like if Meg White contacted him and was like, dude, this isn't really nice. Like the Opie and Anthony show many years ago on their show in the morning once made uh, jokes about Sarah Jessica Parker having a horse face. And she was in her trailer shooting a movie, heard the radio show yeah. and called them and they put her on the air <laughs> and like Which... she smashed them and they were like, we feel terrible right. now. But like, and it was like how they first of all okay. they were like how ballsy of you to actually. I was, do say, this. I, like, I was about to say first off, props to her for fucking going there. Yeah, because she was like, "What the hell, guys?" Call him up, like, "What's up?" I'm just about to go to work, <laughs> and so that's different. I mean, that's my my friendship with Gene Park kind of started like that. He saw some tweet where I said something not nice about him and just replied like, "I neon," and I was like, <laughs> "Fuck!" I feel like such a douchebag. <laughs> that's awesome you gotta find me that clip where she's just like calling him like yeah what's up oh sure sure it's a sort of a class it's from many many years ago uh i think it's like from 2001 or 2000 oh, or something sure. like that yeah it's very old let me see if i can find it well, I you had to do it like right now well i, I mean it's for the it's do it for the show right well i mean whatever you can send it to me sarah whatever, but, jessica but that's kind of ballsy like okay so like you're like in your trailer getting ready and you hear some people talking shit about you and you're like you know what Fuck it. I'm going to put him on blast right now. I'm going to call him. Yeah. I'm going to call him. I'm going to put him on the spot. Let's go.
that's cool. Like, yeah. and, and that's how you should kind of handle things like not, and this is something that we've, we, you and I have railed against it, as far as like wanting to do things through like intermediaries and doing it through kind of like third parties and doing it kind of like, you know, tangentially instead of just like being like, yo, what's up? Like, oh, I heard you talking shit about me. What's good? Yeah. Yeah. Like, good for her. And like I said, an apology to someone directly and not just like an apology, you know, like into the air. Right. Because that's what this is. It's like, I, I've not seen any evidence that Meg White herself even saw any of this or even gives a shit. I would imagine not because she's busy living like her Meg White life. And so like, what is, what is this? What are you even apologizing, apologizing to? This is like, I, I don't even like, this is, it's, it's one of those pro forma corporate apologies. Like there's no way, there's no way Lachlan came to this by himself. This was something that his editors and his bosses were like, Listen, you need to issue an apology because people are mad on the internet. So you need to go like apologize and say that you didn't mean what and, you said. And Ben Dreyfus like kind of made fun of him, but Ben Dreyfus also knows him, so it was like done in in a, in a way like that. And Ben Dreyfus has recently like carved out a niche saying exactly these kinds of things and just like sitting back and watching people go fucking nuts. I think he said something about what was it about people who ride horses or something like that? He was like, everyone who rides horses is an idiot. Oh, no, so most, ball, oh the, the, ballroom dancing. No, the right? famous one was like fat women. Oh no, no. But like, I think recently he said something like everybody who does ballroom dancing is an idiot. Or something oh, like that. I'm sure. Yeah. Because that's, that's been, and, or and like, I mean, and it, I thought he could say that from a position of being kind of like Hollywood royalty-ish where like you've probably interacted with a bunch of people who have done like shit like ballroom dancing where you can be like, okay, these people are full of shit. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of that going on. And it just, I don't, I, like I said, I don't that's, get That's why his commentary is funny because he's Ben Dreyfus. Yes. Yeah. Well, he, another person that I used to be like really adversarial with and now we're kind of buddies i didn't know he had one eye oh you didn't no yeah oh oh he's been very open about it yeah, i mean whatever i just i mean I, the, I the other eye is a glass eye yeah like did a shark thing. eat it no it was like no. a like a like a genetic deformity kind oh of wow thing. okay see i don't know because he was talking about how his oculus headset actually worked even though he has one eye that's that's interesting right yeah it, it was like a like a like he as a baby, he had to, he lost. No wonder his takes are so it shallow. Was... He doesn't have depth perception. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure he would have appreciated this joke. <laughs> I'm sure Ben, Ben would have been offended by that one. <laughs> He'd be like, oh, excuse me, sir. That's too far. Now, oh if, my God. Yes. You have to issue a six tweet apology to me. Now, if explaining I was explaining why yeah. you actually think my eye is real. And it is the best eye that has ever existed. Now, if you had said something about my ballroom dancing, <laughs> that would have been bad. <laughs> um, you know, I think uh, we're, we have like five minutes left. I think we oh, can God, quickly yeah. talk about like, I think, so Last of Us, I think we'll do on the pod, we can just do like a season, like well, a we, season review. 
I mean, and and on the last pod, we tried to uh, like do. I mean, it wasn't spoiler free. We 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 preempted that so that you guys would know if you didn't want to watch, hear spoilers. Oh, I guess um, we did of over, the right? season finale yeah. of the Last of Us. Yeah, or maybe just because I was going to talk a little bit about that because you know we talked about. <clears throat> no spoilers, but uh, a, a certain big thing that's supposed to ha- that happens in the second game, and uh, it turns out that they are, or at least have said that the second game is going to be adapted into multiple seasons. And well, so yeah, that... I mean, it's supposed to be as it sits right now. It's supposed to be three seasons. So, Last of Us Part Two would have to be split up into two seasons, which I can see that because there's it's a lot. Yeah, it might. It's a lot, and I'm I'm very curious to see how people would even respond. And I'll be interested to know what they're gonna like, what they're gonna use to kind of pad it out. First of all, they said there's probably gonna be more infected in the second in the second Mm -hmm. season, which fine. I oh, I I can I can already see how they're gonna pad it out. The complaints about the lack of well, I mean, maybe like I know what you're thinking, but mm -hmm. also I wonder if they'll do more a little more flashbacks, maybe. Because you know how in like a show like Lost or also um, This Is Us, they'll use – they'll like ongoing, use a flashback just to kind of give you an angle on a, dis- a certain decision that a character makes in the present. Um, and I know what you're thinking about it. I, mm-hmm. I, um, it's uh, – but uh, yeah, I mean we'll see. You know, Again, I thought it was a really good season of television. I didn't mind that there I, – I thought it was fine that there were – I don't need – action scenes with people shooting zombies i don't like it i don't need no, that in my life I mean, it's not and i gotta i didn't send you the video um i gotta send it to you I, it was from a channel um oh really god damn what is the name of the channel uh so it's something like like stories of old or okay. stories like that of old where they were talking about like not necessarily just about the last of us but about well, and, and this is why I asked you about Station Eleven. Um, it was about The Last of Us, Station Eleven, and The Leftovers, and how apocalypse shows now are different. Yeah. Well, The Leftovers. I mean, I mean even different. obviously, like Station Eleven, and or I, I, no, Station Eleven is not pre-COVID, but The Leftovers is definitely pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. About how they treat the end of the world and the leftovers is not like apocalyptic like that i mean you lose two percent of the world's population yeah i the, won't go into spoilers no but that's the premise of the show is that a whole bunch of people just disappear like rapture style disappear millions of people right um but it's it's like it's not enough that the world like collapses but it is enough that the entire world kind of goes crazy. Yeah, everybody's kind of fucked up. Yeah, everybody, every, essentially everybody goes a little crazy. And some people go a lot crazy, but mm-hmm. everybody goes a little batshit. Right. Because millions of people vanished all of a sudden, right? And for some people, it hits really close to home. Some people didn't know anyone. There's a whole town where nobody disappeared. Right. And they, they're like, what if, what, what is, what's so special about this town where nobody disappeared, right? There's all kinds of it, – and it's a it's subtle mystery. It's a good show. It's worth watching. Have you ever watched it? I only not I only didn't watch the the final season. I watched the first two seasons oh, and really liked them. Oh my god, we have to rewatch. Yeah, I know we really should. Um, anyway, and uh, and Mando episode three of uh, Mandor, I like to the call it the Andor the Andorlorian. 
Well, I mean, it, it, I... <laughs> the, ban- the banality of evil office jobs. We say that. I mean, this episode, this one that just dropped today, mm-hmm. um, I see what you're saying when you say it has very Andor aspects because it's, it is it is very much an exploration. I mean, we start off with Dinjarin and Bo-Katan and Grogu um, doing stuff i mean they start literally where the last episode ends where like they literally like got out of the living waters and now they're on the steps it's like oh shit okay but the rest of the episode is a a diversion in in a way and i can see where people are going to be mad about it Mm. but my pacing or not well like my, my plot development. My plot development. Where's the Where's the story now moving forward? And to say that, like, I don't know, but we kind of we go in a completely different direction, and we we revisit somebody that we haven't seen since season one, and we find out kind of where he's at right now, mm-hmm. and what's going on, and what his jam is, and and how does this relate into the plot writ large. We don't know yet. And that's the great part. Is that like, okay, we did this whole episode where it's basically, it's not, it's it, it, the episode, like I said, it, it starts, it ends with Dinjarin and Bokatan and Grogu, but the middle is about somebody else entirely and how this seems in, I don't know, but I, I'm assuming it does because it's here. Yeah. Uh, all right. You know, again, I think we're, we'll talk more about this on Sunday because we, we had a lot of fun talking about other stuff today, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, we're going to kind of, uh, you know, sort of mosey on towards the end of the show. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, bring you a cheery show this Sunday or Monday. Uh- We'll see, of, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. We'll talk. We'll we'll maybe you know. We'll, there there, I mean, there will be there'll be space to talk about this or not. I mean, we'll see. I mean, maybe the banking system is still going to collapse. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, keep your go get gold. Put it under your mattress. Get the gold. Yeah, get, get the silver. <laughs> I want the gold. <laughs> Show me the gold. Yeah, catch a leprechaun. <laughs> Those things. Are- <laughs> Well, St. Patrick's Day is Friday. (laughs) Get on out there, folks. Find you a leprechaun. Get that gold. Excellent. All right. On that note, let's do some plugs and get out of here. (laughs) Okay. So, obviously, you know where to find us here. Wednesday nights, 8.30 Eastern. Um, Clearly, you can catch us live. You can catch us after the fact on our new podcast catchers. Our main pod, Ambitious Crossover Attempt, drops on Mondays. And you can find us on all your podcast catchers you know amazon apple google all that good stuff anyway i don't feel like listening to the whole thing <laughs> <laughs> you know where to find podcasts you don't need me to explain it to you at this point mm-hmm. and so you can find us on twitter at ambxtober you can find me on twitter at that gem Monroe and on substack at gem Monroe.substack.com. awesome i'm neon taster on twitter also check out youtube.com slash neon taster and twitch.tv slash neon taster And uh, that's about it. Thank you very much, Jen. And thanks, everyone. We will see you next time. Have a great night. Night, everybody. Bye. Bye.